motivated? Get educated. Get growing your property empire with the How To Property Podcast with your host, Ryan Luke. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this week I have Dave Goodfellow with me. If you're watching live, we are on Facebook, YouTube right now. And uh, if you're listening back, obviously on the podcast, then wherever you're driving to or whatever you're listening and pay attention. Uh, Dave and I met on Clubhouse. We seem to have uh, connected through this magical channel that I think most people are connecting on these days. And uh, we both share the same passion in the uh, short-term rental game. So I thought it was a good fit to have him on the show. And uh, we'll just kind of dig into, I guess, Airbnb and everything short-term rentals got to offer uh, over the next sort of 20, 30 minutes or so. If you are watching live, ping any questions in and we'll get them answered for you. Uh, but yeah, Dave, thanks for joining me. Yeah, no problem. It's been a been a funny ride these last, uh, was it three or four weeks now? Didn't know each other before. Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like we've got some sort of bromance going on over the over the old clubhouse. Um, but yeah, it's great to be on. Thanks for having me. My <laughs> pleasure. So uh, yeah, we're just chatting away offline about all the Ski holidays and holidays. We're looking forward to getting back to hopefully yeah. once the, uh, the mess is over. But uh, but yeah, I think let's start with a point that you did raise where, um, you know, March the 26th, we got locked down. And, and as you said, you know, life changed and we thought we were going to lose, uh, you know, your business. You know, I mean, let's just talk about that a bit because I think we've all been there and anybody that is... I think currently, you know, you coach as well as I do. And mm-hmm. right now, a lot of the objections I think I get sometimes as well is, is it a good time to get into this game? Because, yeah. you know, yeah, it's yeah. still rumbling on. So let's start there. Let's dig into that, eh? Yeah, okay, cool. So look, um, last, the 26th of March, I forget the date, but I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. So when Boris come on and he was like, right, no more leisure travel, no more business travel, we were like, what that's yeah. my business gone it's all gone right but it wasn't we know that now so you know it was just a case of changing the mindset a little bit and working out where you can get different business from which you guys have done successfully as well um you know we we kind of had to switch up what we were doing had to change very quickly i hate i'm not quite sure i like the word pivot because that gets pushed about a bit yeah. too much but you know you know what i mean um like the word of president it's like <laughs> they go yeah. hand in hand don't they? it's the word like adapt and pivot i think it's been overused so much in these last 12 well coming up for 12 months it's unbelievable but yeah so we just had to switch it up switch it up and look for different avenues which again we've, we've talked about this on on different channels ryan you know we looked at the the nhs key workers and we just kind of focused on my mindset around this was like Right. Well, normally we we go to business and um, leisure travellers, but there's got to be some businesses that are thriving off the back of COVID. Right. So there's going to be certain areas that we can focus on that are going to be busy. So one was the NHS. Key workers was the the next one. So, you know, refineries, power stations, all that sort of stuff. We started opening up conversations with different people and started filling our properties from there. And you know, we've, we did all right out of the back of um, COVID. Um, I say we did all right out of the back. That sounds awful. But we've kind of grown month on month and mm. revenues grown month on month. And we, we, we've come out of it stronger. Um, and I think people that have kind of stayed with it and, and, and persevered and kind of done all the things that you, you've done and we've done, they've, they've come out of the back of it even stronger. Yeah, I think it's, 
Before COVID, it was easy to just take a few pictures and put them on Airbnb and you got bookings, mm -hmm. right? You didn't really have to run a business. There was no yeah. marketing involved. There was no prospecting involved, all that sort of stuff. You didn't have to be creative with your ideas to, to bring people in like most businesses do. Whereas that happened, um, statistics, uh, and I know this site, I submitted to uh, the council, we had 471 bookings cancel within seven days of March the 26th. Wow. Um, you know, which was a total of over eighty thousand pounds worth. So, yeah. you know, you talk about the shock, and you know, I was—I actually got sick of turning my emails on because it was just cancellation, cancellation, cancellation. Yeah, do you, do you um, know what? Exactly the same as you. We, we, I said to my, my my business partner Chris, who kind of does all the tech side of the business, I was like, "How do I turn these off? It's not good for me. I'm trying to go out and get more sales and get more business in, and all I'm getting is every time I get someone else is hit with like three yeah. cancellations. I've got to turn it off." <laughs> I know it was it was torture. Then obviously Airbnb did what they did with the, the money side of things. But anyway, back to the point. I think um, businesses then became businesses. You know, it was no longer a hobby. And uh, you know, I kind of fortunately for me, and I think you're the same. We were kind of doing that beforehand anyway, so it was yeah. just a natural progression of getting better at that. But I yeah. think the hosts who weren't doing that and were doing it as a hobby, they had to quickly form into a business. Or, or die, you know, and, and yeah. they did a lot of them give keys back. A lot of them, you know, we went out of the game. The, we call it the side hustle, right? So mm. people who had, you know, Airbnb as a kind of sideline business or a side hustle rather than working on it full time or having a structure behind it or a real like a business plan behind it. I think you're right. I think they just kind of just didn't survive it and have dropped mm. out of the market. We've seen a lot of that, right? Which, again, has been pretty good for, for the likes of you and you and I who've, who've done that with our businesses. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where, you know, people are thinking, should, is this the right time to get into this game? I actually think it's the perfect time because let's say you're starting right now today after listening to this. By the time you probably get your first unit sort of set up and over the line, it could be a couple of weeks down the line, maybe even four. You've got to think by then we're starting to come to the end of what is right now the lockdown in the UK, depending on when this podcast airs, we might be a bit further down the line. But, um, you know, so... When that happens, and I think we're constantly talking about this on Clubhouse, is yeah. there's going to be a boom. You know, mm -hmm. there is going to be a boom. And um, I've got my opinions on why. Do you want to maybe yeah, rival so, why you think? Yeah, look, I'm happy. I'm happy to jump in there. I mean, I call I we, we call it in our business the perfect storm, right? So we we all know before before uh, the pandemic hit that serviced accommodation was pretty was very much a buzzword and people were jumping on and doing it as a side hustle they were doing rooms in their house they were picking up rent to serviced accommodation deals and and there was lots of people coming into it and we we we, we completely um in in our areas that we operate in we just saw a, a month on month growth of um operators coming to the market well those those operators they were driving down prices so you're getting new people coming into the market they maybe didn't have as many overheads as a, a proper business would have and they were being able to undercut you um on your prices now because um they didn't have the kind of infrastructure behind the businesses that you know maybe like we have in ours they weren't able to go out and, and reach the get get the reach like that we would norm that we would normally do through our marketing our you know prospecting or whatever wherever that might be and they kind of they they're the they're the they're the ones that have kind of dropped out of the market right yeah so and we we've seen a huge amount i think at one point there was about 30 or 40% of operators 
have dropped out the 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 serviced accommodation market. Now that's massive, right? It's huge. Now yeah. that as that trend has continued. So it it came back a little bit in the summer. So when we opened up in July, August and September and October, they were good months. And people started coming back to the market. You could see, and it, it took a it took a rise again from operators that are in the market running running Airbnbs or serviced accommodation. Well, now we've had another lockdown. You had one in November, and then obviously in in you know end of December, beginning of January, that's completely dropped a load of people out again. So, when I, I talk about this quite a lot in in our in our other sessions that we have, but when you have a, a a reduced supply or a huge drop in supply, it's simple economics, right? So if you drop in supply and the demand comes back, your price points just completely change. Hmm. And that's that's what's going to happen, right? Do I have a crystal ball? Do I know when that's going to happen? Well, not really, but we've got a lot of indicators to tell us that that's going to be pretty soon. So we've got the vaccine, we've got... Um, you know, we're starting to get control of the virus in certain areas. And it's 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 inevitable. We're not going to be in this forever, right? Now, we don't exactly know when that's going to be, but it's got to be pretty soon. So for me, you've got a reduced supply. You've got people that are scared to get into this game right now because of the because of the issues and they don't quite know how to handle getting uh, people in their properties. Hmm. Um. So, 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 uh, so you've you've got a couple of factors there which people are running away. So the people, and you know, everybody say if you, if you go with the crowd, the money's to be made against the crowd, right? Yeah. So if you can get into it now and you can learn your trade and you can learn off, get educated and understand how it all works, and you're at, <laughs> it's kind of a level playing field now. So you can yeah, come back yeah. into the market, you can you can hit it, and you can start filling your properties quite quickly especially when this boom comes it's just going to be crazy yeah yeah, you said it's going to be like a double summer and i agree with you on that yeah i think we'll get um well hopefully easter which is normally good anyway especially the you know the easter holidays with the kids but i think we'll have an easter boom and i think that that might continue a bit into may and then Mm -hmm. um and then i think we'll have the usual i mean we had july and august this year it was just crazy but um and i think we'll have the same again this year and, um, you know, so if you are listening and you are on the fence about doing it, you know, my, I would strongly recommend doing it as long as, as long as you're getting into the property. So, so let's, um, let's go back. Let's wind the clock. Cause I, I had Tracy on before over in Tokyo and she was telling me she got into it by basically, um, she was having a baby and she lives in Tokyo and her, and her family's not from there. So she wanted to buy a place where her family could come and visit and look after the baby. But in the time that she didn't have the uh, the family over, she would rent it out on Airbnb and try and cover the costs. That then okay. obviously exploded for her and that was where her journey started. So uh, okay. I, was, I was something very similar. I was solving a problem in my portfolio and that's how I got yeah. into it almost by accident. Did you plan to get into it or was it by accident that you got into it? No, I, I, again, um, so... I'll start at the beginning of my property journey. So I, I've been in property for about nine years, but again, it was very much a side side hustle at the beginning. Um, and I, I was doing flips. So I used to work as a, you know, in a large home improvements company in the UK as an op- operations director. And um, I, I kind of had all the trades around me. So buying properties, doing them up and then flipping them on was just a, a nice, easy 
side hustle for me, really. I, I didn't know it was called flipping back then. I was just buying property, doing them up, selling them on, and making a few quid out of them. But then I then I had a small buy-to-let portfolio, so I, I kept a few properties. Um, and I kind of fell into buy-to-lets as a, a little bit of a, a kind of – it was by accident, so I kept, became a, a an accidental landlord, if you like, mm-hmm. because I – I lived in Chester, in the centre of Chester, and I had a three-storey townhouse there. I got a job um, as an op- operations director for another um, kind of home improvements company, and um, I had to move to, to, to Reading for a bit. So I moved out of my house, and my house became a buy-to-let, which, which was fine uh, for a couple of years. Um, and I used to make a couple of hundred pounds a month on yeah. the buy-to-let. Um, well, we all know on buy to lets, if you have a boiler breaks down, you can you can wipe out your profit for the year in one in one hit, right? Mm. But that wasn't the reason why I did it. Now, I did have that on other properties, but um, this one, the lady who was in it was great for two years. Um, she was paying on time every time, and then it started lapsing. She lost her job, and and she ended up owing me about three and a half, four thousand pounds, which I, I still haven't had to this day, and I can't find. Her. I don't know where she's gone. <laughs> So I kind of got, ended up getting her out of the property and I'd done some training through um, through Progressive, but I didn't do serviced accommodation. I just did one of their master classes where it went through lots of different strategies. And I thought, all oh, right, okay, serviced accommodation. Don't know it too much, but if, if it's going to work, it's a bit of a finger in the air thing. I'll give it a go on this property. I've got nothing to lose. Spent a few quid just tarting it up, bit of paint, a few more, bit of carpet, some nice furniture in there put it on the market and within the first month, three and a half thousand pounds. I was like, wow. <laughs> why didn't I do this sooner? <laughs> so why didn't I do this sooner? So it's like, so that was my, so I owned the property and we all, we all know if you, if you own a property, it's the, they're the ones that make the most money. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, then I thought, right, well this flipping lark making money on the property, pulling your money out and then putting it into serviced accommodation. There must be something in this. Right. So in the November of 2018, I did that with my um, my, my three-bed townhouse. In the December, I bought a, a three-bed three, three bed, um, masonette in the centre of Chester again, and I, dev- I, I changed it into a four-bedroom masonette and then put that on the market as well. While that was getting refurbed, um, I, I was going out and getting rent-to-rent deals at the same time. So we, we kind of had a number of different strategies going at the same time. So that's that's kind of where I started. Sorry yeah. if that went on a little bit there. No, it's fine, man. It's great. I think everyone likes to really understand where you start from because I think everyone's story is so different. But I think, you know, a lot of the people that we, you know, are surrounded with are, are starting from a point where they're going to go, you know, straight into coaching and then that's the way they're going to go and get started. Whereas when I speak to a lot of the, you know, experts in the game and successful entrepreneurs especially the ones that have been in it a while uh, mm-hmm. probably when the courses weren't so popular and things like that they kind of everyone seems to have fallen into it in a different way but then the main uh, the main residing factor amongst them all is like how powerful it was instantly of how much it works over a buy to let portfolio and yeah. the money that can be made and the cash flow that's generated which then obviously just pings the light bulb moment off and you're like well i want a bit more of this um, I mean, I wouldn't suggest anybody just takes the plunge in that. That's, <laughs> I, I did that, and I, I, it was a lick of the finger, and kind of it 
it was luck. Now I, I did. Ha- I've had other properties where I've done the same thing on a rent to rent basis, and they haven't worked. So mm. we analysed the hell out of everything now. And again, I think it's it's easy to take a punt on your own stock because you can yeah. always just flip it back. And obviously the margins, you know, a mortgage or whatever, you can quickly just go. Actually, mm. I'll just put that back to a buy a letter or whatever. And I was the same. That's how I ended. I had a flat. I couldn't get rented out. Um, and you know, it's um, I own it, so it didn't matter either way. It, you know, it was it was a total punt. But yeah, mm. I mean, you know, I'm not advocating that you just go and take a rent rent deal on and take a total <laughs> punt. I think there's a bit more. Shock. I actually fell into rent to rent by accident. So you know, you say no, right. you didn't know um, you didn't know flips was the thing. I was the same. So I had so I did it on my first one, and then I had a couple of others that I was buying. So. I would planned to do them as buy elects, but I thought, yeah. you know what, I've just earned well on this. So I, I naturally put them straight mm. in furniture and on the um down down the short term rental route. And um but then I I got a I noticed this one company kept booking. So I thought, I'm gonna pick the phone up and ring these. So I was like, mm-hmm. why do you keep booking through booking.com? Like, how long are you here for? And you know, the usual. And sure enough, she's like, Oh, this and she's like, We've actually got loads of other guys up in the area. How many properties have you got? So me being me, I was like, how many beds do you need? And uh, <laughs> and and she was like, it's something. It was something daft. Like I needed to find sixteen more beds. And I was wow. like, oh yeah, I'm sort that out for you. Obviously, she told me what she'd pay. I literally went, l- put the phone down, rang everybody in my phone book that I thought might have a property, and yeah. I, I went and viewed a few of them. I jumped on your gum trees and all the usual stuff. And I just started ringing people. And was like, I've got these contractors, and I need to find some beds for them. Can I can I just rent your property off you? Or can I do a deal with you or whatever? And then. It was only I secured um, five properties in ten days doing that. Secured that contract, and away we go. And then after I'd done that, I was talking to someone, and they were like, "That's called <laughs> rent to rent, you know." And I was like, "What's rent to rent?" <laughs> and then I went online and googled it, and I was like, "Oh, that's an actual thing." You thought you thought you were onto something new, right? <laughs> so, uh, but um, but then obviously it worked. What's really great about that is that's kind of like a common sense thing to do, right? It's just and solving a problem, isn't it? Yeah, solving a problem. And and like that's that's what a lot of property stuff is. It's just so it's solving a problem that somebody has and putting a fix in place for it. And that's exactly what you did there, right? Yeah. And then and then I saw the cash flow and I was like, this obviously works <laughs> as a model. I then realized rent to rent was actually a thing. And um and then I, you know, I I, I mean the contracts that I've got on some of the first rent to rent deals are like definitely not the right contracts, but you know. <laughs> You don't know what you don't know at the time. No. And luckily in touch wood, I've got great relationships with all the landlords and we've had no issues and they love me and I love them. And, you know, it just works, you know, harmoniously That's together. an interesting point, by the way, right? So, and again, I think we talked about this before, but you, your contract is people get hung up a lot. And look, I'm not advocating that you shouldn't have the right contracts in place, but people get hung up on the contract thing. Well, you only ever really use them when the shit hits a fan, right? And if you have, and if you haven't got a good relationship with the landlord or the letting agent, you haven't, you know, if, you, if something's really gone wrong, generally, how often do you use a contract? It's very rare, right? Yeah, which nothing, yeah, nothing goes that wrong in this business. Like people mm. paint these pictures on the social media, it's like, oh, I'm, I had a party in my house last night and I wrecked my house and da da. And yeah, okay, that happens, but. If you've got a business and you're protected with either insurances, Airbnb host guarantee, or you're yeah. taking deposits, or you've got, like I do, I've got very good contracts, and then I just take them to court if they don't pay the invoice. Yeah. You know, 
you, you, nothing ever really goes wrong. It's more the hassle of having to sort it out than the financial implication. Absolutely. Um, but Absolutely. Um, it scares so many people from getting in the industry, and it scares a lot of landlords off from wanting to work with companies like ours because they're like, oh, I've seen it on the news where so-and-so had a party or I've heard about this. And, and you know, I, I firmly believe, like, I've got tenants, as you have, I look at the condition of some of the properties we get back after they leave versus hours that get cleaned twice a week. You know, it's it's just mental that people think that a tenant is a better solution. Well, I always say this to when I when I have buy to lets, the the condition that I get my house back in costs me more than the quick fixes because they are quick fixes with serviced accommodation that you you have to do in the in the interim, right? So if you've got somebody in your house for six months and they're continuously doing stuff to it that's gonna knacker it that is a big problem to have yeah the the short bursts of a party in the property where they they scuff a wall or you know they they might break something they're easily fixed it's the stuff that's the over the over a longer period of time the cumulative um problems that you get are the bigger problems. And your guests normally pay for it anyway because it'll be them that's damaged it. So it actually, the financial implications next to nothing, they're almost like, they're, they're almost paying to repay your properties. I mean, I've got one at the minute. I had a phone call from um, the council the other week, uh, just before Christmas, and they were like, do you own XYZ property? I was like, yeah. They're like, we've had complaints about the tenant uh, from the neighbours. Um, basically, there's dog, you know what, all over the backyard and it's not getting cleaned up and it stinks, right? right? So I didn't even know he had a dog for starters. So, you know, talk <laughs> about tenants. Um, it then transpires he's got two Great Danes in my two-bed flat. <laughs> no. So, so uh, the council went around to speak to him and apparently slammed the door in the face the minute he asked, are you so-and-so? Um, so, and um, yeah, and, and, and now he's not paying rent. So... That's the type of shit that you have to deal with being a landlord at times. And God knows yeah. what that property's coming back like. I mean, I just hope he stays there for a long time because I mean, the he needs to start paying his rent. With, the only thing that you've got with like a long, a long-term tenant like that with with two big dogs, where else are they going to go now? They're in your property. Yeah. They're going to stay there forever, right? <laughs> well, he's not paying his rent at the minute, so he might not be staying well, there forever. <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I, I'm all for supporting people when they lose their jobs and stuff like that. I think, you know, that's part and part of being a landlord. You know, it's not just black and white. I think you do have to put a bit of an emotional hat on at times. But at the same time, they have to come to their their part of the agreement. And yeah. uh, but um, but yeah, so what um, so what's next for you? Where, where do you want to take the business? What, where do you see yourself going? Yeah, so look, our our goals for this year is to is a, we've got a huge growth plan for this year in in managed clients. So, not so much the the sort of rent to rent um, per se. We we've got a nice little system around our business now. So managing other people's properties is the is the main area that, of of growth for for the serviced accommodation business this year. We're getting into sort of more commercial conversion stuff. So we've. We're in the process with planning for a. We bought an old guest house in North Wales, and we're in the process of planning for that to turn it into ten apartments. Um, we've got a training business as well, which we're which we're growing nicely. Um, yeah, so it's a few different things we've got going on. Keeping nice the, and uh, good. The bed and breakfast is that going to be much of a change, or is it just sort of slight getting it in like an apart hotel type structure? No, so it's we're we're changing. <clears throat> excuse me, we're changing it from 
Um, so we, we wanted no, a number of different um, exit strategies on this one because, again, we haven't got this crystal ball. We're not quite sure what's going to happen this year. So we bought an old guest house, um, which we are changing from C1, which is the the um, guest house uh, class, into C3. So we're changing it into apartments rather than keeping it as a, as a guest house. That gives us a few different options. We can We can either sell it. When we're finished, we can refinance it, pull all our money out and do it through serviced accommodation. Or it, it works as just a normal buy-to-let as well. I mean, I, I, I prefer not to put it as a buy-to-let because we know all the all the benefits you get from serviced accommodation with, you know, your your capital allowances and stuff. So, yeah. um, but the, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, uh, initially I was wanting to kind of sell it and bring a chunk of money out. But the more I think of it, I'd, I'd rather keep it there and just let it grow and grow wealth in the background over a period of time. I think I'm changing my my kind of thought process with it rather than getting rid, keeping yeah. and let it grow over a period of time. So yeah, I think it's it's hard to find stuff like that. So you know, once you've mm. found it and done it, you know, you know why offload it. It's um, I'm just venturing into my, I guess, first big. You know, I've done. Yeah, BRR to the death, yep. you know, all sorts of sizes, flats all the way up to five, six bed HMOs, you yep. know. So I've kind of done that and got the experience there. But then within the same week, I've had two offers accepted on uh, one's two houses, which I'll hopefully get. I've got the drawings yesterday, uh, seven flats out of it and run them on yep. um, STR. And then the other one is a disused commercial building, which I think, well, we met on Monday and we were thinking four floors, but I think we could get five floors out of it, which would be 16 to 20 build flats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think um, we could get 16 to 20 flats out of that. So that's wow. going to be like a monster of a project. But um, yeah, so I think I, um, as you say, I think as your journey goes and you probably never thought you'd ever do this sort of stuff several <laughs> years ago. And that's the great thing for anyone listening. Like this does move quickly and you can quite quickly get there as well. Um you know, it's just for me that seems like the most, you know, the next logical step, and um, and that's where where the cash will be going this year, and hopefully get you know twenty six, thirty odd apartments out of it, you know, and wow. um, and then run and them on short term rental. Game changes stuff that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like the numbers on it. Uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself because you know we haven't even submitted planning yet, so uh, <laughs> you know there's plenty of hurdles to overcome, I'm sure. But you know, based on Based on what I've looked at, and if we run it as a commercial operation on short on short term rentals, I think it's worth like two point six million by the time it's finished. Wow. You know, which is is well, like where numbers is that, that right? in that? the northeast, in the northeast. So, um, and it just fits perfectly into our model that we've got. You know, with with how we run them, and you know well, where we where that's we're popular. The beauty of this stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you call it like super rent or something when you take a take a yeah, couple? Super. Channels. Is it you that calls it super rent? I call it now super rent for me is like turning a property into a HMO or a or an SA, like getting the extra rent out of it. That's kind of what I what I yeah, call but, it. But. But my point being, so for example, your, your your apartments there. I don't know if you're at exit strategies to sell or whether you keep them. So you're you're buying below market value. You're doing the the refurbishment, although it's on a larger scale. You're then going to refinance it, take all your money out, and then you're going to put it through a serviced accommodation route. Mm. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of a number of different strategies in one, and that's what I want to really build on this year, is taking 
taking the the kind of stuff that I've done before with the flips and the um, the bite alert and what, whatever that might be, and just putting a number of different strategies in line on the same project. Mm. Yeah, if that makes sense, and that, yeah, that's, where, that's where most of the money's to be made. Especially if you can pull all your money out, then you get an infinite return, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> where the money's to be made, and I got a shock at this, is development finance. The interest that those boys charge for the short-term funding is like, I was like, I'm in the wrong game here. I need to like, I need to get like a load of cash behind me and start lending it out to these. You know developers. the commercial building that you get and planning for as well. Is it empty at the moment? Yeah, it's derelict, four years. Like, right, so you check with your local authority as well because they're doing a lot of sort of, um, they call them grants, but they're not really yeah. grants. You have to pay them back. But they're, they're doing interest-free loans where you can take substantial amounts of money for development to turn it from a derelict building or a yeah. house to a home. I know the Welsh Assembly are doing a lot of that right now, we're, and we're applying for that on the ones in North Wales. It's definitely worth looking at. Yeah, yeah, it's like a regeneration thing, isn't it? You know, yeah. they they just want to get the get the buildings back up to scratch. Um, oh yeah, there's like there's there's pigeons all over this place, and um, <laughs> there's all sorts. Make of sure there's buildings. no bats in there. <laughs> no, I haven't seen any bats yet. I've bats. only been in there a few times. Um, no, it needs a good. It'll be a good project. That like 12, 12 to eighteen months probably. And um, yeah, no, looking forward to that. And um, just uh, I think. It's just the net. It just feels to me. I think you're probably in a similar position. It just feels like the next logical step to, you know, move move into. I'm really interested in the stuff you're doing in Dubai as well. I mean, that's that's yeah. That's, so I love Dubai, and when you uh, said you were starting yeah. this off in Dubai, I was like, oh, that sounds like a <laughs> an opportunity yeah. here somewhere. <laughs> no, there's um. So I lived there for a few years, as most people know, and um, I absolutely love it. I didn't really want to come home, um, but we did, and um i just every time i go back we, we try and take the kids back once every year and it's just a phenomenal place and and i just love it and so i went i kind of had this in my head in 2018 to do it uh, sorry 2019 then obviously covid hit early 2020 and it was a bit earlier over there as well uh, so that kind of put the brakes on it but um you know it was full full steam ahead as of sort of december last year and then um kind of give you opportunities over there because i'm sure there'll be people with oh, empty flats and but that's why i was like this will work over there after you know mm. doing the analysis that we do uh you know looking at nightly rates looking at what the rents are and things like that and um the opportunity that's out there for landlords who've got empty properties you know mm. and can can turn them into cash and so i just think there's a whole host of opportunity but like anything i think you've just got to you know get out there, put your stamp in the ground, prove that it works, and then mm -hmm. you can start building on that. And that's kind of, you know, what we've done here and we no doubt what you've done as well. And then it kind of multiplies, doesn't it? And um, so, so yeah, but I mean, there's also, you know, probably a bit of an emotional, well, I can also then go back a bit more often than I would probably like as well. So it ticks a personal box as well, you know, it's yeah, not yeah. just about the business. So, um, but it, it's quite... I have had a lot of DMs about this, obviously speaking about it and asking questions. And it's not as easy as just cracking on over here and setting a limited company up. And, you know, there's a lot more costs to it. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Shake has to be 51% ownership yeah, of your I, business. I was and... saying that the other day on Clubhouse. I mean, that's that, – what, what what's that all about? Like, <laughs> that's just like I think a, it's just so they keep, keep like – They here, just right? control all the businesses, don't they, in their country? So they've got full control. So you can never probably – I'd imagine so you can never take the business offshore or anything like that, you know. And 
I, they don't actually take any. They don't take fifty one percent of the money. It's just they they own it fifty one percent. So it's sort of effectively they've got restrictions over the company pretty much. Um, it's a it's a great country. It's a funny country at the same time. But if you understand it and buy into it and get into it, I think um, I think there's a lot of money to be made. I think it can open up a nice lifestyle choice as well. And um, and I think there's a lot of opportunity out there because there's towers and towers of these empty apartments. And the good thing about them as well is like they're, they're split mints. Like you know, you're not buying a you're not renting a, a rundown. It's got damp issues. It needs yeah. a new kit. You know, it's like these apartments are like fifteen hundred, two thousand square foot for two and three bedders. They're huge, and yeah. you know they're all you know white tile floors, nicely decorated, and nice kitchens and and pretty modern bathrooms. So exactly what you want when you're getting into SA, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's like the perfect property. Literally, you just have to put furniture in there and possibly paint a few feature walls to mm-hmm. to match the sort of interior design, but. Um, so yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. I have, so as we record this, it's the 3rd of Feb, uh, if you listen on the podcast and, uh, I spoke to, uh, my team on the ground out there two days ago and they've pretty much about to go into lockdown over there. I think they've stopped the, uh, nightclubs and the, the bars and restaurants opening if they're not part of a hotel. Uh, mm. they've got minimum capacities in the restaurants. The schools have been sent home. So, I we're not stopping deal sourcing, but the way that we're agreeing contracts and having conversations is just a bit more, uh, you know, when this is over type of stuff, or we'll pay yeah. this rent until then. And, and, yeah. um, but also it's like when I first moved there, you had to pay your rent, you had to pay your year's rent up front, you had to pay rent one check. So they do like a check system. So like uh, this is why I also think another it's thing not you were saying, like they're still on, still on checks, like right yeah. now. It's it's just so safe out there, and you just kind of default stuff. So like, you just go straight to prison. Like, you know, do not pass go. You're going straight in, and um, so it's 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 relaxed a bit now. So you can kind of get four checks, but you still got to pay like quarterly up front. So um, I think if I was you know advising anyone about it, from what I've experienced so far, is I think you do need a bit of cash behind you to be able to just get it going and fund yeah. the initial sort of set of costs of it all. But I think once it's ticking, you know, there's some good money being made out there. Um, so, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep you posted, obviously. Um, and yeah, uh, there's, you know, I'm all about sharing the wealth. You know, you can't have all the property. It's impossible to own it all, sharing, rent it all, manage sharing, it all. Right? Yeah, so, I tell my kids that, but they don't think the same. That's all we keep saying, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, uh, Dave, awesome. I mean, unless you've got any questions, I mean, as always, um, an awesome session and uh, it's good to, to bounce backwards and forwards. Um, you are hosting an awesome room. If anybody is interested in property and you have managed to get on Clubhouse, uh, Dave uh, and a few others set a room up called the Property Coffee Meet. Coffee. Morning. Yeah, Coffee. Property Coffee. Coffee. Yeah. And uh, seven o'clock every morning, seven days a week, a uh, couple of hours it runs for and there's, a whole host of experts speaking on it. It's not just service accommodation. In fact, I feel at the minute we're not getting much of a look in. We don't talk much about service accommodation. It's, it's all great. about you know, it's what I love about it though. It's, you know, if it was if it was all about service accommodation, I wouldn't be learning anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? but, I mean, it comes up. The service accommodation stuff does come up, but you know, I'm sat there every morning, and I said this morning on it. There's about four or five golden nuggets in the first hour that I was like, "Wow, I would never have known that." Yeah, I mean, you've got service combination experts, you've got development guys, you've got finance people, we've mm. got deal sources, we've got mindset coaches, yeah. BRR. There's like everybody up on that everything. panel. You name it, they're there, right? Planning, everything. 
Yeah, and uh, we have Anne talking about a sex life, which probably, <laughs> you know, <laughs> might, you know, may not want to know about. But, um, yeah, no, it's a great room. And um, and I think, you know, you can tell by the following it's getting that everyone really enjoys it as well. So um, get involved with that. And um, if anyone else wants to connect with you, Dave, how do they, you know, Instagram, Facebook, what, what, yeah, where do they find channels, you? Through the normal channels, you know, I'm uh, Dave Goodfellow on um, Facebook, Instagram, it's Iconic Property um all, all the normal channels we've got a, we've got a group iconic property community that anybody's welcome to come and join and put any value in that they want clubhouse is the big one at the moment you know uh, that seems to be going really well so that's the, the property coffee meet every morning from seven till nine yeah just yeah we're here to here to help and i think the great thing about the the, the clubhouse room and, and and any of the channels that we have it's they're very much about giving value and, and sharing just just like you are as well ryan so it's, it's all great cool awesome buddy well thank you again thanks for your time i know you're busy so i really appreciate it no problem see ya cheers cheers